Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. You may weather today's storm. You may get through today's storm. God may even step in and say, peace be still to whatever problem that you may be going through today. The problem is that tomorrow has its own set of problems. Tomorrow has this new storm that's going to blow into your life. You're always going to be facing a storm as long as you're in this world. is it that people will come to you and say how is it that you can still smile I know what you're dealing with I'll tell you why, why I can still smile because there's something on the inside of me that's not affected by what's on the outside of me there's a peace that God has given me down on the inside that lets me know that I can deal with any struggles that I may have to deal with in this world as long as I'm living here Stand with me if you would. We'll get right into the word of the Lord. Paul's writing to Timothy in the second book of Timothy, chapter 2, verse 25. And I love to read what Paul uh, wrote to Timothy because I know that that he is trying to instruct this young man in the ways of of the Lord. Um, He knows he's living in a day and an hour when it's not easy. Uh, to live for God and really honestly as long as we're in this world it's it's never going to be completely easy uh, to get our flesh under subjection to the spirit Uh, and he's talking to Peter here or Timothy and he is uh, instructing him and he says in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves instructing those that oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves. Has anybody ever met or maybe you yourself have been in a place in your life where you feel like you just kind of lost who you are? Lost yourself? Paul says... There are people out there that need to recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. I just want to teach a lesson this morning, uh, the next 30 minutes, and I've entitled it, Change Me. Change Me. Amen. I need the Holy Ghost. You know, that we spend so much time trying to change everything around us, trying to take care of all the problems, the situations, children, work, Life sometimes is hectic. We all know that. We understand that. But I believe that there is power in the Holy Ghost to change me. As a matter of fact, I believe that that's the entire purpose of receiving the Holy Ghost is to change us. Say it with me. Change me. Say it. Change me. You may be seated today. You news junkies that are out there, you read the paper, listen to the news, and... uh, you uh, know very well, and even if you're not a news junkie, you, you understand and know that the world that we live in is quite the mess. Um, as, as, that's not a prophetic word. That's just uh, an observance that anybody with two eyes and two ears can very rapidly see that the world we live in is full of chaos and confusion. I've thought, wouldn't it be an amazing thing to be able to change the world? Uh-huh. 
If I could just snap my fingers or will it into to being, I would wake up tomorrow morning and I would go down to the gas station and pay 39 cents a gallon for gas like I can remember my dad doing, you know. Uh, hey, give me five bucks worth. Five bucks worth might get you to Walmart and back, and that's about it these days. It's not going to get you very far. Uh, there would be a lot of things that I would like to change if I had the ability, if I had the power uh, I would change political realms. I, I would try to end hunger all over this world. I, I, would, I would definitely want cancer to be cured. I, I, I would even go as far as to say that, you know, I would try to help us all be able to get along with our in-laws. <laughs> Greatest miracle of all. I say that in jest because I have wonderful in-laws and I can't. You can't say stuff like that if you really have problems with the in-laws. You can only say it if... Your relationship is perfect. Uh, even the ability to make every beauty pageant that's ever walked the face of the earth's dream come true. World peace. What do you want? Oh, I want world peace. Well, doesn't everybody? You know, there's a lot of things that, that we would want to do if we had the ability. It would be incredible to solve this world's problems simply by willing it to be so. But unfortunately, we all know that none of us that are here today or even in this world have the power to make that happen. We simply cannot will the world's problems to go away. It just doesn't work that way. Most of us are just trying to get through our very own day-to-day -day life problems. You know, what are we going to have for supper? You know, how are we going to pay to get the car fixed? You know, it's different things like that. Worried about, is the job going to come to an end? You know, am I going to be without work? How am I going to take care of my family? Are the babies sick? All these little day-to-day -day things that we all deal with. All of us have these problems. We all deal with these, these situations in our life that are just a part of living in this world. There's no, there's no joke here. There's no, there's no question here that the world in itself is a mess. And there's very little that we can do on the large scale to change the direction that is headed. Now, I also understand that there is coming a day when the Bible says that the lion will lay down with the lamb. There's going to be a day when Jesus Christ sets up his kingdom and his government is into place and everything that is wrong with the world will be made right. Everything will be okay, but we're not living in that day yet. Amen. Today, uh, as much as we'd like to change the world, we're still going to wake up tomorrow and there's still going to be hunger. There's going to be little kids that are abused. There's going to be different kinds of things that are, are creating problems. There's going to still be political strife. And even on a lar larger scale than that, there's going to be earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars. And the Bible tells us that this is just the world that we are living in. To change all of that is simply an impossible thing for us on the level that we are living in. But yet we find ourselves so oftentimes trying to change those things, becoming frustrated about what we see and what we hear and what we cannot control. I, I, would, I would love to change all those things, but the simple fact of the matter is I am very limited in my power to be able to make much of a mark on the world scale. 
But what is possible is that I have a God who has put his spirit inside of me that even though I may not be able to change political realms and I may not be able to end world hunger and I may not be able to to stop an earthquake or tsunami or a catastrophic, uh, catastrophic event from taking place, there is the Holy Ghost, God residing in an earthen vessel that has given me the power to allow Him to transform and change me. I may not be able to change everything else, but I can allow myself to be changed. And that is what my mission is today. God, change me. Change who I am. We like to control things. But we simply cannot do that. But just because there's confusion all around us doesn't mean that there has to be confusion within us. Just because there is shaking going on in the world and there's turmoil going on in the world and there's problems that are all around us doesn't mean that we have to have a spirit that is full of that turmoil and a spirit that is full of that shaking we can have peace living in the midst of this world amen i love what david said when he told god he said you've prepared a banquet table before me right in the presence of mine enemies i've got troubles all around me i've got enemies that want to destroy me and yet here I stand right in the midst of all of that and I have found a place that I can sit down and relax and get what I need to to replenish my strength. God, you've given me everything I need right in the midst of all of these problems. Mark chapter 4. Jesus and the disciples find themselves in a boat and in that boat they're in the midst of a storm. I know a little bit about this, not on the scale that they were in, but my wife and I, on our 25th wedding anniversary, decided that we would take a cruise. My sister had prepared, or had uh, belonged, uh, her and her husband, uh, belonged to this uh, timeshare thing, and they got this cruise for half price that they weren't going to take, and so she called me up and said, hey, you guys interested in this? And I said, you know what, that'd be a great idea. I, I know my wife would enjoy that for our 25th wedding anniversary, do something special, and, and what made it even more special is half price. Talking, talking to the right guy, man. Give me a sale. I'm, I'm your man. Hey, man. Brother Jones told me that Dillard's was having, everything was uh, uh, marked down yesterday with an extra 40% off. He said, uh, I, I said, oh my word, I almost canceled church today. <laughs> Let's go see if we can find a deal. Right, Brother Hogan? Can I find a deal or what? That's right. Find a deal. We went on this cruise and, and everything was smooth and the weather was beautiful until the final day on the way home. We're sitting in the dining area and it's beautiful and there's chandeliers that make this thing look like a table lamp. I mean, beautiful large chandeliers all over this place and they're all swaying like this back and forth and, and the winds and the waves were blowing that big old ship and, and I, every time I looked down at my plate and it moved, I, I got a little sicker to my stomach and I said, I'm done. I've got to get up and walk back to my room. Some of you are so getting motion sick just listening to me talking about it. I walked back to my room and I laid down 
down. Once I laid down, I was fine. But they had this little monitor that you could watch uh, as people walked down the mall, they called it. And typically, it was pretty full. But on this particular night, I think everybody was just ready to get to their rooms and get their meal and, and, and go back. But I watched a few people that were walking down the middle of that, wa- uh, that mall area, and they were doing one of these numbers. They all looked like they'd been on a three-day drinking binge. And uh, the waves were tossing and a turning, and uh, my stomach was right along there with it, tossing and a turning. And I laid down until I got to feeling a little bit better. And so I can understand a little bit the fears that take place being out on an open sea. The disciples are there, and Jesus is asleep. The Bible says on a pillow down, down at the back end of the boat, and And they're all thinking that life is coming to an end. And so they go down, they wake him up. And Jesus comes up to the top of the boat and he looks out at everything. And he looks at the winds and the waves and everything that's crashing. And he simply speaks, peace, be still. And everything calms down. The lightning quits flashing and the thunder quits rolling. And the the waves quit crashing up against the boat. And the sea becomes place of peace and tranquility. And then he says, why are you guys so afraid? Where's your faith? You see, they're learning something here. They're learning that their outside circumstances and what's going on around them is affecting what's going on inside of them. And Jesus is trying to teach them a lesson that there's more to life than just what's going on outside of the ship. But if you've got Jesus in the boat with you, if you've got Jesus in the ship with you, you have nothing to fear. You don't have to fear what's going on on the outside circumstances of life as long as you have Jesus inside of your life. Impressive. Jesus controls the weather. He calms the storm. He's got the power to change our surroundings and our circumstances. And and me personally, uh, Brother Bishop, I love when Jesus speaks to the storm that's going on in my life and he calms it down. There's been several instances in my life where it it was out of my control. There was nothing I could do about it but simply pray, and and God answered the prayer, and he calmed those things down, and and all of a sudden, everything seemed bright, and and the sun came out again, and everything seemed to be in order again. But there have been times when Jesus simply never calmed the storm. It's a beautiful thing when Jesus says, Peace be still to the storm. But I can take you to another place in the Bible where the story goes a little bit differently. The book of Acts chapter 27, Paul is hopping on a ship himself as a prisoner. And he warns them that it's not a good time, doesn't have a good feeling about this. But they decided to listen to the captain instead of the prophet, the man of God. He says it's not safe to travel. They push out to sea and they get out. They're moving towards their destination when all of a sudden another storm comes up. Another problem arises. They find themselves in much the same situation. It's going on and on and 
and eventually they start chucking over everything that's in the ship that, that would bog them down. They're trying to just stay afloat. They've lost everything of value. They've tossed everything that they didn't absolutely have to have, everything that wasn't absolutely critical in order to save their lives and save the ship itself. But still, it wasn't enough. Ship is tossed out of control, driven by the storm. Picture, if you will, men screaming, grabbing onto something. The Bible says that the ship was just let to go wherever the storm was going to take it. They could not control the direction. They couldn't control the speed. It was completely out of their control to do anything but hang on and pray for dear life. These men are screaming, thinking their life is about ready to come to an end when Paul speaks up above the storm. (laughs) I I got a little bit tickled when, when I thought about, you know, if you were actually on this boat. All these men are trying, they've just tossed their, 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 everything out. I mean, it, it, they're, it's, it's going to sink, it looks like. And Paul comes to the surface and he says, be of good cheer. Yes, he did. Are you insane, man? I mean, think about it. Be of good cheer. Everybody be happy. I want to see a smile on everybody's face. Shake the hand of two or three neighbors. Tell them how good they look today. Paul's, he, he's, there, he's out there in the midst of this problem. And he, he hollers to everybody, don't worry, be of good cheer. It's an oxymoron. They're in the midst of this, this fight for their life. He said, there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. This ship is going down that we're on, but nobody is going to die today. For there stood by me this night the angel of God who I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. What a beautiful thing to know. Now, Paul understood it because Paul had the relationship with God that he needed to have. But the other men on the ship, they weren't God-fearing men uh, as far as we know. They were just out there doing a job. They were just on the job trying to get from one place to the next, doing what they knew to make a livelihood for themselves. And Paul, he comes up and he says, it's going to be okay. And they're like, do you not see the storms and the winds and the waves and see everything that we've done already to try to save us and still We're being battered in every direction. Now, we know that God has the power to calm the storm. He'd done it before. It was a fantastic miracle. I mean, I can't imagine being on that ship and and having Jesus come to the bow and said, peace be still. Everything just calms. What an incredible thing to experience. I've never experienced anything like that. I don't know if anybody else has or not, but I I highly doubt it. Most of us, uh, when a storm rolls in, we just batten down the hatches and wait for it to blow over and hope that everything's okay when it's all said and done. That a tree limb hasn't come through our roof or something taken out our shed or a bunch of uh, uh, mess all over our yard or we've still got the umbrella in the back uh, patio, you know, and it's not in the neighbor's yard. We just hope that everything is still intact. 
We just weather the storm. But to hear Jesus say, peace be still and calm the entire storm. What a great, fantastic miracle that must have been to witness that day. The problem is this. Here's the difference, and here's what I want us to understand today. There's always another storm coming. There's always going to be another storm. You may weather today's storm. You may get through today's storm. God may even step in and say, peace be still to whatever problem that you may be going through today. The problem is that tomorrow has its own set of problems. Tomorrow has this new storm that's going to blow into your life. You're always going to be facing a storm as long as you're in this world. So even though he gets you through one storm, doesn't mean that you're not going to have to face another storm. And every storm that we go through, we cannot find ourselves in a place where we're screaming, God, where are you? Wake up, Jesus. Come and say, peace, be still to the storm. Because it won't always happen that way. So God does something even greater in this situation than calming the storm. He calms the one in the storm. Yes. 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 Here's Paul standing out on the deck of the ship. And he's saying, it's going to be all right. And everybody says, not the way it looks to me, it doesn't. He says, no, just hang with me. The Lord has promised me that everything's going to be okay. And while everybody else is frightened and scared and clinging on to the ship for dear life, he said, you're hanging on to something that's going to sink here. But if you'll just stay with the ship, uh, grab a piece of it that, as it floats by, nobody's going to lose his life today. And Paul is out there on the deck of that ship saying, everything's going to be fine. God didn't calm the storm. He calmed Paul. He calmed the child of God. He calmed the one that had the relationship with him. And he said, you're going to have to weather some things. You're going to have to deal with some adversity. You're going to have to deal with some storms in your life. But I promise you that you won't have to deal with them alone. Amen. You may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but don't you, have, don't you ever fear the evil that is there, for I am going to be with you. That is the peace that passes understanding to the child of God that has the Holy Ghost in their life. Your greatest enemy is not the storm that is around you. Your greatest enemy is the storm that is within you. Our fear and our doubt and our lack of faith destroys what God can do through us. But if we can get the inside man right, if we can get to the place where our flesh is under subjection to our spirit, then there's nothing that can touch you. You can be of good cheer. When everything's breaking apart in your life and everything's falling to pieces and you don't have the answers and things are rocking and reeling out of control, why is it that people will come to you and say, how is it that you can still smile? I know what you're dealing with. I'll tell you why, why I can still smile. It's because there's something on the inside of me that's not affected by what's on the outside of me. There's a peace that God has given me down on the inside that lets me know that I can deal with any struggles that I may have to deal with in this world as long as 
I'm living here. I love this story. It's about a father and a son. Dad was worn out, tired. For whatever reason, mom wasn't home. And dad, the boy wants to do something. He's, he's bored. And dad said, well, I, I can't think of anything to do with you right now. He, and so he gets creative. You know, uh, when you're really worn out and you, you get creative sometimes. I, I'm like this. I, I just I look for any way to, to create something that can keep a child busy so that, that I, I can just rest a little bit, even if it just close my eyes for a few minutes and not fall asleep. And so this father... He decides, oh, well, here, here's what we'll do. You're bored. I'm tired. I'm going to rip this page. Uh, it was a page out of a magazine that had all, all the, the nations of the world uh, on, on this picture. And he ripped it up into a bunch of different pieces, and he laid it out on the table. He said, now, I want you to take this that I've torn apart, this world uh, that I've torn apart. And he said, I want you to put it back together. And he thought, you know, this is keeping busy for a while. This is going to keep him occupied for, I don't know, long enough for me to get a little bit of rest while he's busy putting this all together. But it was only about 10, 12 minutes, and, and uh, the father thought, man, that nap went by really fast. And he looks at his watch, and he says, well, it's only been 10 minutes. And he looks down, and he, he sees that the child is stuck has this picture all put back together. He's like, he's too young to know how all this, uh, all, to fit the world all back together. How in the world did he get this done so quickly? And so he asked his son, he says, how did you put that picture together so quickly? His son said, well, dad, it was really rather easy. He said, on the back side of this page, there was a picture of a man. And he said, so I just turned all the pieces over and put the man together. And once I got the man together, I turned it back over and the world was together. You see, there's great power in getting ourselves right. When we get the man put together, everything else will start looking right again. You may not be able to change the world. You may not be able to change what your neighbor does. You may not be able to change what your coworker does. You may not be able to change what the person sitting in the pew with you does or your family member does. But you can allow God to change you. And once you get yourself put together, friend, everything else is going to seem all right. The greatest miracle isn't that God would calm the world that's around us. The greatest miracle is that God would calm his child that is living in a mess to the point that he does not have to fear what is going on around him. If you've been hurt, God desires to heal you. Amen. If if you're living a life of confusion... God desires to lead you out of that confusion. God wants to bring us into a place of perfect relationship with Him. If you feel like you've lived so long that you can't change and you can't make a difference in you, then God wants to help you through that. But you have to allow God to come in and start the transformation process. You can't do it on your own. We're not capable of doing it on our own. We're not adequate in that realm. But God says, if the Holy Ghost can come inside of you, then I can be able to transform your life and you'll be an old man that has a new life. Amen. Old things are passed away behold all things will become new to you that excites me 
That thrills me because I understand addiction. I understand problems. I understand what, uh, what it feels like to have the world have its claws in you and not feel like you can do a thing about it. But you've come too late to tell this man that God can't transform me because I went to an altar a long time ago and God took over where I could not do what I wanted to do. He took over and began a transformation process and he changed me. And if he is no respecter of persons, he can change anybody. We get hurt by people. Sometimes we hurt ourselves and hurt other people. None of us have lived a perfect life. If you've ever been hurt, if you've ever had a hang up, you've ever had a habit that you feel like you can't get rid of, you need to know that there is power within you to survive what's going on around you. Yes. But you do need the Holy Ghost. Yes. You need the Spirit of God Almighty dwelling inside of you. Without Him, we're nothing. Basically, two things that every human being needs to learn in order to get us started on our way to recovery. Being changed. The first thing is, there is a God. We have to believe that there is a God. And the second thing that we need to understand is we are not Him. It's within our nature to try to fix our own problems, isn't it? I don't like asking for help. I'll take it if somebody comes up and realizes that there's a need, I'll be so thankful. But it goes against my grain to have to ask for help as a, as a man, as a human being. I don't like to, I want to fix my own problems. But there's things that I can't fix on my own. Paul said, we felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves, but that was good. <laughs> he said, that was good. We were powerless and we couldn't help ourselves. That was a good thing. That's what he said. Because it brought them to the realization that they need God in their life. And the first thing that we need to understand is that we are powerless and we are helpless without him. Powerless to change. Powerless to to move in this life, powerless to have peace. The Bible teaches that in admitting my weakness, I'll find strength. And that is exactly the opposite of what our culture teaches us. I got to be strong and tough. Nobody can see me cry. Nobody can see me hurt. I've got to hold it all inside. But on the inside, we're broken. On the inside, we're hurting. On the inside, there's a storm that is raging. He goes on to say, my grace is all you need, for my power is greatest when you are weak. Why? Because it's only when we realize that we are weak and that we are powerless that we come to acknowledge that we need Him yes. to take over. Spiritual maturity comes when we recognize three things. Number one, I'm powerless to change my past. Well, if I could, I would. Anybody else with me on that? 
Is there some things you'd go back in time and, and, and make a different decision than the one you made when you were there? We do some dumb stuff. Let me rephrase that. I do some dumb stuff. Yeah, I think I was right the first time. We're human. We do some dumb stuff. We make some mistakes. We mess up. And there's nothing that I can do to go back and change that. When I think about it, it hurts. I still remember it. I may hate what I was, but all the resentment of what I used to be will not change the fact that that's what I used to be. Secondly, We've got to admit that we're powerless to control what others do. Really are. If you don't believe that, you haven't lived with teenagers in your house. You may have a a spouse that is against you for serving the Lord. Family members, co-workers that don't understand. You're powerless to change what they're going to do or how they're going to live outside of just being a witness and when the opportunity comes you you try to show them who Jesus Christ is by living that overcoming life but by and large we don't control what others do we can only control what we're able to do and then number three understanding that on our own we're powerless to change our sinful nature we need a savior need a power that's greater than our own power. Good intentions and willpower are not enough. And I've known some people that have great willpower. I don't eat that. You don't like it? No, I love it. I'm just not going to eat it. I admire people that have that kind of willpower. I'm not going here. I'm not doing that. You know, their willpower is phenomenal, but you cannot will away your sin. You can't have a strong enough will to overcome the nature of sin that you were born with on your own. I need a source of power beyond myself. I need God. We need Him because He designed us to need Him. Would you stand with me today? Here's what it takes. It seems like this has been a theme for a month or five weeks now. I don't know why, but it just works its way into maybe it's what I need. Maybe you don't need this at all. I don't know. James writes, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What's, what is grace? Grace is the power to change. Grace is the power that God gives me to make the changes in my life that I want to make but don't have the power to make. Grace comes in and gives me a a fresh start, a new chance, a brand new day. His grace is sufficient and His mercies are new. And so when you find yourself in a place life is out of control and 
and you feel the turmoil reaching down on the inside of you, know this, that God is there and God wants to calm you. Quit trying to control the things that you cannot control on your own. Quit frustrating yourself day in and day out trying to manhandle or manipulate or whatever whatever source you choose to try to fix it on your own and just understand that God may not calm that storm. It's beautiful if He does. We thank Him if He does, but if He doesn't, God can always calm you in the midst of the storm. I want Him to change me because I'm not perfect yet. I've not made it yet. I'm not there. There's still some things that I worry about, some things that concern me, things that I'm fearful of. But I ask God, change me. Don't let me oppose myself. God, restore me to the way that that you've always wanted us to be in perfect communion with you in perfect relationship with you. God, don't let me run and hide when I hear the sound of your voice, but let me reach out for the Savior. Let me reach out for the one that I need to take over where I fall short. Would you bow your heads today as we close out this Sunday school class? Hallelujah. Praise your name, God. Praise your name, God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah. You've got to be able to surrender to Him. Why don't we sing this song together as we close this service out. And just ask the Lord to just put His hand upon us today. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.